Low. Titus O'Neil keeps running directly into that bar. Get him off my TV, get him off my TV. You make me very angry. The man who has a better IQ than you, the awe-inspiring JC. You should go work for WWE because you'd be so up far up Vince's No, butt. no, no, no. Oh, you are no, such no, a no, sucker. No, no, no. You are. You defend everything, all the bad moves they make. This is the Chopper Knocker Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the latest edition of the Jobberknocker Podcast. As always, it's Nessamania. Alongside for the ride is a man who's got thick quads. He's got really thick quads, JC. <laughs> so I always have something prepared to say when you come on. But every now and then, you throw me for a loop like that, and I just don't even know how to respond. Scary guy coming through. Thick quads. You got them thick quads. You've been staring at them. I loved it. It was great. Sorry. I couldn't help oh, myself. Oh, man. No, that, that, that was well done. But yeah. uh, I was going to say, you know, I literally like, rum, 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 rum. we're on the road to Fastlane for real this time. I know I've done that like every week for like two months, but I forgot about Elimination Chamber. But you know what, Nestlemania? It was on Sunday. And I haven't forgotten about it. So let's kick it off with that. And I believe we're going to start with the SmackDown Elimination Chamber match. Yeah, look, I was very surprised with this matchup. I thought it was interesting. It it checked the boxes for what you expected it to be. I mean, I was excited for our boy uh, Denny Grimm and uh, me, obviously, because it had the D. Bry and uh, Cesaro start off for Wrestle Boners. So that was amazing. And, you know, you showed off exactly what Cesaro was supposed to do. And then, of course, you know, Sammy kind of does his thing in the, in the Elimination Chamber, which I thought was comedic gold. Um, oh, perfect. You know, and then him climbing. And Cesaro following him, and then Cesaro dropping him, and then him doing a pull-up. Like, I just, I was like, this this whole thing, there is no losers in the Elimination Chamber. I'm sure for their injury-wise, there is a loser. Um, yes. But I was watching this going, this is Cesaro building momentum, building momentum. Yeah, he didn't win, but he got awfully close. I was surprised how early Corbin went out, because it was such a so, divide. Yeah, so the, the, that was the thing for me, because when you said there's no losers, I was thinking, I was like... Some people might argue Corbin was a loser, but I don't think so either because from the second he was in that match to pretty much when he was eliminated, he was the focal point and a dominant part. They pretty much said, you know what? We're going to get rid of Corbin first, but we're going to let him go out there. He came in and he just dominated Brian and Cesaro. Sammy came in. I kind of, I really enjoy, have been enjoying like the Corbin-Sammy back and forth because obviously they had to work together to get in here. But you can tell we know Corbin doesn't like anyone and Sammy's self-serving too. But I just like the little back and forth they have because it was like this, will they, won't they? So that's the thing about the Elimination Chamber. It's always a fun match. And like if you look over the years, if you probably watch them consecutively, there's probably a lot of repetitive stuff in there. So when I watch these, I like to look for what separates this one from the other ones. I think the other one probably had some things that separated it more than this one. But I think this one is probably the better overall match, if that makes sense. Because I just think that, like you said, everyone did their job. Everyone looked good. Corbin was out first, but he looked good. Cesaro and Daniel Bryan were lasting the whole time. Jey Uso came in last, but I thought he looked great. He actually got to eliminate KO as well. So I thought this was a well-put-together match. I don't think there was anything that made it like a match of the year or one of the greatest of all times. But I don't think anyone can come out of this match being like, oh, that was bad. Because it worked. The storyline worked. Because the... As the cage is going up, out comes the head of the table, 
And, you know, Daniel Bryan got the little tease with the yes lock, but after that it was immediately over. So it worked perfectly for Roman's character. And then, of course, we got set up to where we're headed. I did want to say very quickly, you talked about things that, uh, that you know, maybe aren't uh, you can pick out and remember, but there was one thing specifically, Jey Uso slamming the door on KO, which I thought was a nice little touch because you don't see those kind of things. KO did a great job in general. I thought he was going to win. He was my pick. Obviously, we're not going to say who won predictions because he can go suck an egg. But uh, I think it was our boy Dom, actually. It was was it Dom? Okay. As long as yeah, it, if they it just Dom... raised such a big lead. And okay. Dom got a late start that you don't even notice, but... Dom technically won the predictions, but Ray furthered his lead over those of us. Okay, well, I apologize. The, the lead yeah. is is not what we're talking about. Donnie, the lead is Nestle says, fuck you, Ray Ray, that attaboy Dom. There we go. Now, <laughs> here's the other thing, too, that was kind of funny about it was just like, okay, so we have Roman come out, jobber alert for Daniel Bryan, because I got to be honest, it was you know a minute and a half or whatever. It and was, yep. So it worked out perfectly, because Daniel Bryan can't lose. He's got that HBK kind of thing where it's like, it doesn't matter how many times he loses, people are still going to cheer for him, because he's still the most lovable character that they've got. Um, but I just, I, it was weird to me, like, would you have, I, I guess, based on where it was in the show, it's just funny that he goes, I'm the main event, I'm the main event, I'm the main event, and it's the first match, or the, technically the second match. So it's just kind of funny that it's not, but then, so Edge spears him afterwards and points at the sign to unnecessary pyro, to which my wife looks at me and goes, aren't they tired of just, like, doing that? So it's like, she's like, the pyro is so unnecessary. Like, to somebody that never watches, it just felt like, okay. So for me, I'm excited for Reigns to be, like, the guy and, and do everything he's doing. But Edge versus Reigns, to me, is still, like, I'm not... There, like you said last week, there are more matches on Mania that I will be excited for. But for some reason, I just don't know if I'm going to get there for Edge and Roman Reigns. I'm with you, honestly, personally. But I also think that this is the biggest match I think they could have made without the Cena or The Rock or a guy like someone like that, like coming back. Like, because look, we have fatigue with Edge. We've been honest about that on the podcast. Some people probably get really upset listening to it. I don't blame them for that. It's just we have fatigue of it because we want to go another way because that's just kind of how we are. We're doing this all year, so we're more of supporting the guys who are always here. And granted, Edge probably would have been if he didn't get hurt, yada, yada, yada. But when you're doing the WrestleMania poster, Roman Reigns and Edge for a title, like that's going to be the match everyone's looking at. That's the match is going to be the main event of the weekend. It is a main event, 100%. So I get it. It's 100%, but when we look at the card, we're going to have matches that we're more excited for, and other people might too, but I think in terms of booking WrestleMania, I think Edge and Roman is a lot bigger than Edge Drew, just in general. So it's I'm fine with it. Um, I, I do want to say one quick note on Cesaro, because obviously I picked him as the win, but watching how they did it, I think they made 100% the right call with Daniel Bryan, because Cesaro losing the way he did does more for him down the line, because he's the guy that I think there's going to be crowds back at some point. And if and when Cesaro ever does break through, it needs to be with a crowd because I think that moment will be Dolph Ziggler-esque. So it makes a lot of sense for me to be like, Cesaro wins money in the bank and cashes in the first event we have with a crowd at the end of the year, early next year. That makes a lot of sense to me because you saw him go on social media, post his heartfelt thing the next morning. He's taking videos in the gym. So I think this loss is the best thing to happen for Cesaro because did it halt his momentum? No, it just kept it going. And he's probably going to do a program with Seth now. So that'll probably be a Mania match. That's a big-time Mania match for Cesaro. Probably one of his biggest, if not his biggest, WrestleMania matches of all time because as much as I like to show Seth Rollins, he's one of the main players. So that program should be good. But I think that this was well done across the board the way they booked it. 
Something they did not do well across the board is the next segment where the Miz gets slapped by Bad Bunny. Now, is what it is. Let's move on. Uh, after that, we had Riddle and Jomo filling in for your boy Keith Lee because apparently there's an injury there. Uh, yep. And lastly, in the United States Championship match, I popped for the Evil Knievel stuff, by the way. I was, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I'm, I'm an Evil Knievel guy, so, you know, having that happen was like, okay, cool. And our boy TJ was like, oh, I wonder if that was supposed to be Keith Lee's spot. And it may have, where, may have well been, but the man made, he, he made somebody make that gear for him. So he's either holding out for that moment or they kind of just were like, okay. So I, I just, for me, it's like they must have had it written somewhere that he's either winning it that night or somewhere down the line for him to have that gear made for him because it was a special night for him. I was surprised. The second half of that triple threat was very good. Very good. Awesome. Awesome. The, the first part of it was too slow for me, but the, the I, I don't want to harp on that. I think that these three guys did a really good job. I think that um, the opposite we'll talk about, I'm sure, on Monday, what happened on Monday with these two, but... The three of them together made the right kind of recipe for a good second half of that match. It was just like the strength, the parkour, and the the uh, the MMA style. Um, and I was very interested in why that happened, but it was just like, you know, I, I, I was concerned that MVP was going to have a bigger role in that, but it didn't seem to happen at all. He kind of just sat there in a little bit, like, until the very end hey, of the but crutch. The crutch, yeah. the crutch was the main part of the match, and I really did enjoy this, because you're right. My big thing is I usually enjoy... Most triple threat matches, because obviously, like, once they pick up, they get good. But I always feel like start of triple threat matches, it's hard to get your footing right away. Because pretty much in every triple threat match, someone has to get knocked out immediately just to, like, kind of set up the one-on-one. It just it kills the pacing, whereas once you get in, you get more of the unexpected and the violence and stuff. So I wasn't surprised, but Morrison being in here was the right fit. Because he was exactly, like, the little bit of foil and extra and parkour and selling and everything that these two guys needed to make this match really work because like we know riddle lash is going to be a slugfest but adding morrison just gave it a little extra element and i think it really helped with the pace of this match and made it entertaining i am happy for riddle too because look at like we've both been thrilled with how riddle has been the last couple months he's been one of the mvps of raw um it's kind of pun intended because he's working with the other one. Uh, but it just, it's so it was cool to see him win. I think he's going to do a lot with that title. We can talk about it more on Monday because just the way he is and his extra segments, like, I think it brings more to that title. Like, Lashley was a great champion, but the biggest downside with him is he barely ever defended it because I had no one from the fight besides Riddle. Um, but obviously, we see what happens with Lashley. We'll get into more of that as Elimination Chamber goes. But I really, I had no complaints with this either. Well, I'm sure something you'll have a complaint about is the next match, where the women's tag titles were on the line for pretty much no reason. And uh, Reginald Costa, the, the, the whole I ending... I love him. The, I love him, but the, the ending was such a weird, like... It was, yeah. Yeah, it was such a weird focal point on the match. It was like, oh, the champagne, use the champagne. Oh, no, never mind. And then it was just like, all that stuff happened and whatever. But, I don't know, like, it just... It didn't sit right with me. Like, I'm glad they didn't win the tag titles. Like, that was one of my main concerns is that I thought they were going to end up with the tag titles and then we're going to have this stupid hokey, like, we have to defend it stuff. So that's fine. I'm fine with that. I'm glad that I'm wrong because um, it's just, it would have been awful. Um, but I don't know. Like, here's the thing. When I watch Sasha talk for the last three months, as well as what she's been doing lately, it just feels like we're just prolonging the heel turn. I just want it to happen yeah. already. Her character... The way it is is because she's not she's not a true babyface, and I'm glad that she's not being a true babyface because the boss character and I don't know if you watched the conversation with Stone Cold. I, did. I actually did. I, did. I actually I I enjoyed it because I think people got to see 
a little bit more of what Sasha is, but also kind of be worked at the same time because it was a lot of it. Those things when you watch them are on the network, like they give you enough to make you feel like it's like real, but they also there's a lot of kayfabe stuff kind of thrown in to make you feel a certain way. So none of that by was by mistake, but I do think it was really good because there was a lot of realness mixed in there too. Um, is yeah, she's a better heel. Stone Cold pretty much said it. He's like, he's like, you're fine as a babyface. He's like, I absolutely love you as a heel. You're one of my favorites as a heel. Like it's just whatever. And it's we're gonna get to that. I think we're gonna get the flip with Bianca because it makes more sense to have it go that way. But uh, I just this this was more of a check mark for me. I will say the only positive for me that came out of this is that uh, Shania is being built up very powerful the last couple of weeks, and it makes me excited because that means that thinks whoever they think is gonna beat them. We'll look good doing it. Well, then you're going to be very disappointed when it's Lana and Naomi. It could be, but uh, maybe Dakota and Raquel have something to say. That would be better, but I don't know if that's going to happen. But yeah, I I agree with you. All right, we get into the main event with the men's chamber for Raw. Uh, Very quickly, I just want to say there's no retribution, no fiend, which again, we talked about this program. You said, let's pump the brakes and see if they do the retribution thing. They did not. Retribution was on the pre-show, apparently. But retribution didn't do anything for Kofi, which is what we were hoping for. Well, they interfered in the whatever, because I think Ali was in the pre-show match. Yeah, but I'm just saying, missed opportunity. Just just missed opportunity. And again, we don't need the fiend all the time, so that's fine. But I was more upset about the, the retribution thing because it was just like, it was. It, these are the things they always do for pay-per-views where it's just like somebody's feuding with something and then something like this comes along. Elimination yeah. chamber. So they just stop the feud, throw somebody in the match, and then, of course, on Monday night, they just pick up three weeks from behind and then start over again, which is where we ended up. But that's the problem with me. But anyway, into the Elimination Chamber match itself, we talked about the Kofi and... And AJ making fun of Randy when he came out. I actually really liked this matchup. I thought it was, you know, they put Mac in there early. Sheamus was late. They had that camera on Sheamus the whole time, anticipating, anticipating, anticipating. Sheamus looked great. I actually forgot yes. Jeff Hardy was supposed to be in this match. Like, I was sitting there trying to... I, as the entrances came out, I went, okay, I remember everybody. Who the hell is the other baby face? And, of course, I heard, da-da-da-da-da. And I went, no, that's why I forgot. Because I just don't care. But it's fine. Um... I, I'm curious how you felt about the overall feel of the matchup, and of course, obviously, we talk about before we get to what happened after after the match. Uh, what your thoughts were? Like I like I said earlier, I think the other one was cleaner in terms of like start to finish, like just being like really good. But I think this one had more like poppable moments for me. Like the first one was obviously Orton was out really early, but I thought it was really cool that Kofi was the one who got to take care of him. Because I always enjoy, like, even before the match, like, Kofi was kind of chirping them through, which I love that. Like, for some, those two guys, their back and forth is something that I think is always magic. And no matter when I get a taste of it, I enjoy it, and it becomes something that I remember. But the other little things, it's like, so, I saw some people going on Twitter about this, and I disagree with it completely, because being like, oh, AJ Styles is another thing to try to be last, but then he enters too early. It's like, I kind of like the way they did it, because the two guys in there were weak, and AJ saw an opportunity being like, well, I'm about to come in in about 60 seconds, and those guys will have more time to recover. But right now, like if I get in there, I might be able to take them both out, and that would be huge. So I love the visual of Omis just ripping that apart. And I thought it was just something I was like, we haven't seen something like this before. And obviously he runs around, he walks in, it, it didn't work out for him. But I just, the little ingenuities like that is because we've seen enough chamber matches now where Pretty much like anything you can imagine has been done. I will always pop when someone jumps off the top of the pod. Uh, No one's really gone through the doors in the pod in a little while, but like that type of stuff, like those are usually always a part of it. But I'm like, what do we get to something different? And to me, like that moment, it was something different. I'm like, huh, 
that was pretty cool. And it made sense. Yeah, I mean, obviously, earlier in the night, we saw that the back part had fell off in the first match, so we kind of figured that, you know, the, the door might have been gimmicked anyway. However, you know, it's fine. It, it works its way one way or the other. Uh, but I just really enjoyed the ending to the match. I thought the Claymore springboard was great. I thought, you know, AJ, AJ keeps wearing the purple tights. Makes me feel very uneasy about The Undertaker coming back for WrestleMania. Uh, but that's for an AJ match in front of a crowd. I feel very un uncomfortable about that one. But... You know, we're not going to hope for that. So it is what it is. Yeah, no. However, let's not uh, let's not bury lead, the lead anymore anyway. Uh, Lashley comes out, uh, as we saw backstage, MVP talking to Miz for some weird reason. And, of course, MVP gives uh, a beating on the Mac. And then your boy, your boy, 10 years after him winning, finally, finally, cashes in and becomes WWE champion again, being a two-time Grand Slam winner. I was excited for him. I was happy for him. I think that a lot of people hate him, and that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to hate the that's, guy. He's yes. no better. There's no better to be hated than the Miz. So I was excited for him. I hope it's you know it sucks because I'm hoping it was longer. It seems as if it's inevitably not going to be long. Um, but you know what? It's exciting. Yeah. So this there's obviously so many things here because I think this was the Miz's like first singles match win since like september which is hilarious because it's for the championship like the this wasn't just for like a championship it was for the championship against one of the guys um but it is just, just it was beautiful because they literally were telling you they told you before the match this was happening the package ended all about the miz all about the miz and then you literally they're showing mvp in the miz so they're telling you that like no matter what happens in this match the Miz is walking out a champion. But it's one of those things like you see it and obviously you're aware of it, but you're not thinking about it because those matches go for a long time. You're getting excited, whatever. But then right when you see Lashley come out, it all started to click like, oh my God, are they going to do it? But then he goes out there and he does his DDT and Matt kicks out and you're like, oh my God, he's just going to be another failed cash-in. I feel like every Money in the Bank person for the last couple of years has been a failed cash-in. But McIntyre did a great job. He just was selling his wobbliness. Miz picked him up. Skull crushing finale. One, two, three. And my favorite thing, obviously, I'm a big Miz guy. Always have been. He's always been one of my all-time favorites, if not my all-time favorite, just in terms of overall everything, like total package, because he just makes everything better, especially on the mic. And a like a couple years ago, like Miz was kind of like it was funny at WrestleMania, like he was a heel, but he's getting cheered like he was a babyface because people finally started to appreciate this guy. And obviously, they didn't pull the trigger back then. But now we're at a point again where. People just, their disdain and hatred for him are so heavy. And him winning this is like the worst thing in the world for them. And that, to me, is better TV than anything. And yes, this is a transition. Whether it happens next week, whether it happens at Fastlane. Hell, they could drag it out to Mania if they do like a triple threat or something like that. Or, you know, it's one of those things. It's like The Miz is one of the best weasels of all time. And have him holding the best title and being a weasel, it's so good. Especially because I'm looking at these segments. And The Miz, is, he's a big guy. But when you put him with Drew McIntyre, Bobby Lashley, and Braun Strowman, he don't look like a big guy. Oh, yeah. And I love that dynamic. Yeah, I mean, it was a it was a cool moment, I mean, to see him hold that. You know, it's funny. He holds that championship different than everybody else. He holds it with, like, the base, and the rest of it yeah. folds down behind yep. him. Or he does that, like, flop or over the shoulder. Different. I love it. He just holds it differently. And it's Arrogance. Just, it's just the way he holds a championship when he holds it, he just makes it feel more. Like, he just makes it feel like there's something, like... He, he, as much as he's joking about having like, oh, I should have a tournament to have my next contender and all, like all this stuff, he's like clearly doing the opposite of what he did. But in a way, 
he whether he speaks the truth or not, he does have a feeling of prestige to a championship, and it, it could yeah. be anything. But I when I watched him hold that thing, I just said, it just looks right. You know, it just looks like he deserves it. It sucks because I'm sure he's just hoping that it would go a little bit longer. But I, I mean, if it goes past fast lane, I'd be shocked. I really would be. Yeah, but same. It's just. I was so happy for him, and I think, again, 10 years is way too long. And our boy Aaron Turner actually put something out that I'm curious what your thoughts are on this because it made me think this morning. Do you think it's a couple years too late? Because he was doing his best work a couple years ago. So I think they could have done this a few years ago with him. Um, But I think that this pandemic world that we're living in and how weird the year has been, like Mac has done the best he could with it. But they needed something here to give WrestleMania a little bit extra on Raw. Like, I think for the most part, like, Raw, like, has a lot of bad stuff, but this stuff has been near the top, and they needed something to really, especially once they cemented Roman and Edge, they're like, if we just do McIntyre versus Sheamus, it'd be a good feud and it'd be fine. If we somehow, like, obviously they had Bobby Lashley lose, if they just go forward with that, and it's just, like, standard, the lead-up now, like, it would be fine, but, like, how do we make it next level or special or something where it's, like, how do we make it go from Elimination Chamber to they can't miss on Monday, but then to make it to the next week where they can't miss next week? And the, the probably next week, they'll probably be like, how do we make it that we can't miss Fastlane? And I think this is how you do it. So I think this is – would it have been good a few years ago? Absolutely. But I think it works now too because as we'll get into the shine here and we'll get to Monday, like my favorite part of the week was all this stuff on Raw because it felt special. They had a countdown for it. There just there was a lot of moving parts, and that's what I love to see with this kind of stuff. Is like, give me some moving parts so I can go in my head like there's like five scenarios here. Okay, we might as well get into the shine because there's no one else to talk about. I mean, the Miss TV kicked off Raw. You know, that's really mm-hmm. how it was with pyro, pyro, pyro everywhere, and uh, <laughs> John John Morrison talking. And again, they had MVP come out with uh, Lashley, and they talked. They basically blew up what the offer was and said what it was for everybody to, at home to know. Gave Quick him pause a, there. Yep. Uh, Bobby talked here. And WrestleMania, this, that short little promo he had. Like, Bobby's been doing great work, but that little short promo might have been my favorite Bobby Lashley promo of all time. Like, I felt that. You don't always feel it with him. I've started to feel a lot more with him lately because he's been so dominant. I think that's why they've elevated him here because I think they realize, like, this is our best shot here in the main event. Like, he's great as the U.S. champion, but, like, we need him in the main event. I think that's why all this started to happen. But, like, that little promo, I was like, where has this Bobby Lashley been the last however many years he's been around? And it was just like, I felt it. And I think part of it is that The Miz is so good at getting that extra emotion out of people because of how much he puts in. And that little bit was magic, and I think it just got made it even better. Yeah, and I think that that's telling because MVP isn't over-speaking. He isn't over-talking, over-representing Bobby in a way. So he's not, like... He's not looking at it as a uh, Umaga situation with uh, Armando Alejandro Estrada because he didn't eat up the scenery and, and then you know Umaga was second. Bobby is first, and Bobby mm-hmm. makes sure he's first, and it's important because that's how we have to feel about it. So I was excited for that. I thought that was wonderful. Uh, later on, you know, they have the. I, I always get. I I feel like I'm wishy washy on the clock because I see it. And I'm just like, oh my god, another fucking. Clock. I kind of. I didn't. I didn't mind it for this. Like I think sometimes they overdo it, but this one, like it was just one of those. It it just it made it so you had to they they kept reminding you like this is our biggest thing of the night this is the centerpiece so I didn't mind it for one night obviously if they did something they do every week I don't like it but I thought for this particular scenario it worked yeah I 
yeah, uh, let's just move on. And then an hour later, at the top of the hour, of course, they have the whole thing. Braun comes roaring out. Uh, which <laughs> <This> promo. Yeah. <laughs> what did he say? Like, I'm clarifying. I'm clarifying. I, I think he meant like, what did he, what did he mean? I don't know what he, I know. Are I know you clarified? Yeah. My point with him though is. Qualify is probably happens, what he meant. Yes. When this happens with him, I know some people like to make fun of it and say it's dumb and whatever. I'm like. But this is what he's supposed to be. He's mm-hmm. supposed to be this psychotic giant who just comes out like he doesn't need to be polished. Like that's not – he's not polished to anything and that's supposed to be what he is. He's unpredictable because he's a literal psychopath who's the biggest human like health <laughs> – like it's just so – for me, it it works. And yes, I know people are upset about him getting it but it's like literally this, this – the point of this was they had sideline Brown and then built this up to feed him to Bobby. And people just, they don't see things like that. It's like, Bobby's already working at a level, but how do we really get him at a next level? Like, you have to do something like this, because and it worked. Because he literally, like, it, it put a little doubt in your mind, and then it's like, oh, it's going to be a triple threat. But no, this was the cement for Bobby to lay his foundation for his claim to be the champion. And it worked perfectly. And the one thing, I mean, we can talk about a second if you want. Braun's talked about Shane McMahon a lot. The oh, last month. I know. This is where I was going with it. That's going to be a match at Mania, yeah. and yeah. people are going to hate it. But I will say this: Shane will take any bump from Braun, and that ten minutes or whatever it is is going to be on WrestleMania might be one of the greatest car wrecks ever. So it's the lead up will suck, but if we get there and that's what they do, it might not be the worst. No, no. And someone actually, this is the part that made me vomit a little, and you're going to get a good laugh out of this. Someone was like, "Oh my God, we're going to get Braun versus Shane McMahon and Adam Pearce." And I was like, no, don't put that in existence. Uh, don't, no, don't do that. Happen. No, I Shane, don't think that'll happen. Shane's got too much of his sweat everywhere. He can't handle being in it. No, it has to be Braun versus Shane. It's got to it's gotta happen. I will so Shane made me laugh for the first time ever because Braun goes, I think this sucks. I think you suck. So I think Lashley sucks. Shane, what did you say? He was just like, well, Braun, I, I think that idea sucks. <laughs> it was the first time Shane McMahon made me laugh in like a year and a half. So I was like, oh, don't worry. Yeah, you know. But we get to the match, like you said, it, it, it made a big deal for Lashley. We, we head the next week in a, in a very uh, ass-clinching kind of feeling for what, what's going to happen. Like, you know, and, uh, I mean, Bobby wins. Great for Bobby if Miz wins. I, cause here's you think, any- do you think they're going to change that title on TV? This is going to be – I know it's one of those things like they set it up for Braun to interfere. McIntyre can come back and interfere. Yeah. Morrison's always going to be around. The Miz is going to weasel his way out of this till they have to make like a cage match or some gimmicky match. At Fastlane, and I think that's where maybe Bobby takes it. I was going to say, I thought very hard about this and thought the Mac needed to be, like, he will be somewhere involved because if Lashley... I'm glad he got a breather last night. Because honestly, if Lashley costs him the championship, it makes more sense for him to cost Lashley. It makes sense to get that out of the way. I I mean, if we have McIntyre versus Lashley, that's fine. However... I'm trying to, in my head, try to figure... I'll, I'll figure it out later. But there's something in my brain that is percolating about this entire situation, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, but I, I'm sure you're going to talk about it in your hope as well. So, yes. I think with that, is there anything else that, uh, that was very shiny for you? I mean, I... This is the first time ever me putting the Lucha House Losers in the shine, but it's just by default because two segments they were in, I enjoyed what else happened. First with Riddle backstage. Uh, he said, I got my first win in Warzone. I didn't even have to go to the Gulag. If you play Call of Duty, it's hilarious. It was well done. Again, Riddle just like home run after home run in these stupid backstage segments. He beats Jomo, whatever. But obviously the Lucha House losers, WrestleMania, we saw a Tornado tag match. When I can tell you one thing. 
when I used to buy the WWE games back in the day, my favorite matches were to do tornado tag teams because it's just like everyone in the ring at once. So you could beat the crap out of one guy. And then when he was dead, he'd go beat the crap out of the other guy. It was fun. So I, like, this is something like I haven't seen them doing forever. So I thought it was cool. And obviously I enjoy when the Hurt Business hurt people as uh, judged by my shirt here. He's wearing the Hurt Business shirt for those that can't. The Bobby Lashley the version. Bobby Lashley you know what? version. The man deserves it. So here's the other thing. The tornado tag is just a glorified lucha rules. That's exactly what it is. They yeah, just, but it's all, it's also been called tornado tag forever. No, I mean you're thinking of the video game, but lucha rules, yes, no tags. That's exactly what it is. So it's interesting they didn't call it lucha rules for me because I was trying to think about it. And but they've always called it a tornado though when they do it in WWE. Yeah, but you That's go back point. a year ago. Remember when they had lucha rules and for those stupid matches, and you're just like all. Well, them. that was because they were trying to put them over. In this one, they were just kind of like, this is the her business getting a win because we haven't seen them in two weeks. Right. I don't know. I'm, I wasn't a huge fan of it, but you know, we'll move on. It's it's the it's it's the positive part of the pod, so it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Do you have anything else from Raw? Uh, from Raw specifically, the Ric Flair Charlotte mm. promo was mm. very emotional. You could tell that mm-hmm. it was getting a little repetitive. Uh, they, you could tell she forgot her lines, but it's fine, you know. And she kind of kicked back into what she was saying, but you felt it. And I think that's the hardest thing that, is like you felt everything yeah. that Charlotte said and. You can forgive pretty much anything she's done in the ring lately because it's been dog shit. But the promo and and Rick's too. I, I don't know where to go with Rick, which is good. I don't know. As long as he doesn't start just picking up random people to try to coach, that's fine and be odd. But I don't know what you do with Charlotte because it seems like the inevitable is just to have Charlotte win. You know, but yeah, it's so. This is the first time we. I think we felt the passion from Charlotte since she's come back. Because uh, we talked about every week, like. It's just like she's been kind of everywhere with the, the tag things. And it just it, something wasn't clicking and she just didn't feel – it just didn't seem to be working. And this was like – I don't know if the Lacey thing, if like the, they really were caught off guard by whatever happened with her pregnancy and everything. So they're just kind of scrambling or maybe this is what was supposed to happen after like the match to be like Rick explain himself. I will say like him being like he wants to be the man behind the woman's title. I'm just like, well, that's kind of dumb. But I do think that this segment – set up where we needed to get again with Charlotte because I'm like okay I think we're on a track now and obviously they had that useless match which we'll probably talk about later but what came out of it surprised me is that I think we all assumed that you know Charlotte would be the one causing a rift but we actually saw it was the other person so I am curious to see how they do this and I was just happy to see that little bit from Charlotte because you know it's always tough to talk about her because she can go out there and just be the best just by being herself but it's, I think, I know I do this for people. I hold her to a much different bar than everyone else because she is one of the best. So I have higher expectations. So that's why the last month or so or whatever has been so disappointed. But now that I saw that little bit of, I saw that flame in the eyes for the first time since she's been back, I want to see where it goes. And I'm excited that they could make something that's been so bad. Maybe something that could turn out to be good heading into WrestleMania. Yeah, yeah, I mean... I think I've gotten to a point where I just, I know I respect Charlotte for everything she does. It's just not something that she's not somebody that I'm excited about. I don't, I don't sit there and go, Oh, Charlotte's on my screen. I got to watch this matchup. Like I care more about a Sasha match. I care more about a Becky match, a Rhea Ripley match, uh, a Raquel Gonzalez match. I will. Well, you might, maybe you'll get Rhea Charlotte part two. Maybe. Cause maybe after fast lane, you never know. Maybe that's what I've been telling you all along. I don't know if that's going to happen, but if something, you know, we saw a couple packages for her last night. I'm just so. saying. I'm just saying. WrestleMania 36 and 37, I believe, are going to look very similar in a lot of ways. Hey, it's. I mean, that's part of just the way the world is. But hey, hey, you want me to blow your mind? I saw this on Twitter, and it, it made me go, "Holy fucking shit!" 
WrestleMania 27 versus WrestleMania 37, right? In the seasons, right? The Miz is champion. Yep. Jomo is fighting a celebrity, most likely. <laughs> yep. And Edge is in a championship match. And I was just yep. like, it what is pretty the cool. fuck? It's, it's weird, but it's also, it is kind of cool because it's like one of those things where it's like, these things haven't happened since then. That's the crazy thing. It's not like they've been here for 10 years and the Miz has been a champion a bunch of times. Edge has been fighting for championships the whole time and Jomo's been around like doing the celebrities. Like these literally haven't happened since. So it's just kind of, I think it's a funny, ch- I, whenever I see something like that, it's like, that's actually a pretty funny just like thing that happened naturally. So, but it is, it is funny to look at. Uh, I don't really have terrible amounts of uh, excitement on Raw after this. So I'm good. You don't want a detective? Oh, is I that, do. So, so that was okay. something specific I did want to talk about. I don't know, and I never were to know. Are you spitting up because of Randy, or just? Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Because I liked it. I know I liked it too. I was very Papa Shangoi from '93 with the Warrior or '92. So let's put it here. Let's do it. Yeah. So uh, I was very excited because here's here's the logic in my brain where I go to these things. So it's like, okay, black things spitting out where he's talking about the distraction of bliss, plain and simple. So you look up on Google what happens if you cough up black phlegm. It's from something specific. It's not a disease per se. It can be. But here's where my brain went. It's the first sign of lung disease. However, flip that script. It's really more about where does lung disease start? Smoke? Maybe. But where does smoke come from, JC? It comes from fire, which was an inferno match, which was where the fiend came from. So the logical jumps that you have to make to get to that thing, I was like, look at that thread, that needle. I was so impressed. I'm so excited. I mean, obviously, we're not going to have... Maybe we will, because maybe there is some voodoo aspect of this, right? Maybe there is some, like, uh, you know, she's going to be playing with a Randy Orton doll and putting pin cushions through his eyes or something. I don't know. But if there is a voodoo feeling of, like, the old Bray with the, you know, the swamp New Orleans kind of, like, feel, voodoo style, with the Fiend and its powers combined, we are the Wonder Twins kind of thing, I'm okay with, because it's cool. Uh, so I'm very excited to see where we go. I would, he did a good job not overdoing it with the spit and the other thing, which is good. They kind of cut the feed and that was the end of it. But now I'm wondering in my head, we've got like six weeks, maybe four. I don't know how many, how many weeks, maybe six. I think so. And Fastlane's obviously on there. I still want my Orton versus Bliss at Fastlane match. Like, fuck it, baby. Just yeah. do it. But no, I, I'm sitting here thinking to myself. At some point, the fiend has to return, but I don't. I would hold off the fiend specifically being seen until Mania. I think we have. I was gonna say. I think we have a few more. I think they're gonna fight at Mania, so I think it's gonna be before them. But I do think we have a few more weeks of because Bliss has kind of like been absent for the most part the last couple. But I think we have those check marks to get through. But I do want to say, I'm still sticking with my Leviathan theory with the black goo. So I think the new repurposed fiend character is gonna have Leviathan undertone. So I'm curious to see how they pull this off. But I did, I like, I saw this and a lot of people thought it was dumb, but I thought it was exciting because it was a simple way. It's like, they've done such a good job just threading this around this feud that has been going forever. It's one of their better long-term actual like stories and like with Easter eggs and little things they've done where it hasn't gotten stale because they pulled back when they've had to, they move Randy other places and pulled him back. And that's, this is very old school, like really good wrestling storytelling to me. It's just like how they've done this long-term feud, and I, I love it. I will, I will be curious to see. You assume next week that Bliss and him have to have some type of some type of something. 
you know, something, something, something of something, something of something couldn't be more generic. I know, but there is some type of crossroads that we're headed to. And I, I just, I don't know how they're going to put out seven more instances of this stuff. You know what I mean? Like there's, you gotta, you gotta have at least seven more segments at the very minimum. Well, if they do little, little, cause this was such a small thing. If they do a little bit thing, like maybe next week's the bigger week, but then the week after that, they do like a little short segment like they did this week. I think you can, but I think what helps is that you have bliss as this extra hurdle for Randy to get through before he gets to the theme. So I think that helps drag it out. But yeah, I am curious. I think there's, I'm putting a lot of pressure on them to make this good because it's been so good and it has a potential to be so good. So they got to come through for us. You, you would hope so, but you never yeah. know. We've been disappointed at WrestleMania before with maggots. So who knows? Yeah, Poor TJ was... and Danny. They were at that live. Can you imagine Ooh. watching that live? So that would have, that would have been better if it was in a pandemic time than regular time, which I never thought you could say that, but in terms of like the visual of why they did it, right. but yeah, I know that. That was a swing and a miss. Oh, well, is what it is. Anything else? Ding dong. Hello. My favorite talk show. Come on. Like this, this was obviously it was leading up to say to set up the uh, tag match at Fastlane, but Nestlemania, Reginald was in a six man tag with the boss and Bianca. And it's just, I love him with Sasha so much because it's just like having him as like her hype man without her asking for it, but also still trying to be the sommelier to Carmela. It's just so much fun. And him being in there, like him, the him and Naya stuff was great. And then how like he got the pin on Naya was hilarious. Like, like this, this just, it has made, he has done such a good job, like just moving this stuff along. And I think he's making everyone around him better. And I'm curious to see the role he continues to play in this Sasha Bianca feud. He's already my vote for jobber of the year. I, 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 well, I mean, it's like I told you on Twitter, WrestleMania, it's February. Nobody's going to beat him. Not anybody in AEW. Right now, guess who the winner is? It's Bad Bunny because he's the only one. No, he's not a jobber. He has not lost yet. I said newcomer of the oh, year. newcomer. I don't give a shit yeah. about a newcomer. Well, you should. No, because Bad Bunny right now. He might be the best champion too so far. You're just going to upset me and Danny Grimwood again. Yeah, that's, that's what it that's, is. You know, it worked. Yeah, well, you know what? You're a, you're a jobber. You're a jobber. The man, thank you. That's a compliment. You're Any, trying to insult me. You're just complimenting me. So I don't think there's anything else on SmackDown that I could really care about, honestly. That we we. we I, I will say quickly because you know I just shot in our boy Danny with one end. I am embracing the vision of Seth Rollins, and I really like this promo. But we can move on. Yeah, we should probably move on from that. It's fine. <laughs> I gotta get the black goo out of my mouth. <laughs> I know, right? So it's time to get heady on this one. So it's definitely something that I want to talk about. We have uh, on, on. So most of SmackDown had planted some seeds specifically for Fastlane or, or WrestleMania, which is good. They did a great job with that aspect of it. But there's other things like so, like Reigns promo with Sammy and, and uh, Edge, which was great for certain aspects of what they were doing. Uh, but then the whisper to me, I was like, okay, they got my attention with the whisper. But just the rest of it was like the rest of the night was just like Edge putting everybody fucking over for this thing, and I'm just like, okay. They were teasing it. They were I was teasing okay it. With but it was—it's just after a while, it's like, okay, Kevin Owens, you're great. Cesaro, you're great. And then Daniel Bryan, if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't be here. You know, and that's exactly what it is. It's just—it's just a session of just everybody. How does it feel that your your favorite of all time? It's causing you this pain of bringing someone back that you don't want to be back. If it, here's here's what here's where I have to literally jump. Quite over the, the Nestle paradox. I know, right? What an island I am on. 
I if you have to if you have to get to Daniel Bryan Edge to get me Paige back in the ring for some random reason, I'm okay with it. Like that's okay. Yeah, yeah. That's I'll jump to that conclusion. But honestly, I I think I've just soured on Edge so much because it's the babyface thing is just not for me. I just do not believe him as a babyface. Yes, I do believe him as a good person, but I just don't like. I don't want to see it. I don't want to see it. it does, Agreed. It doesn't do I want, anything I, for you, me. I want him when he beats Reigns because he will. I'll put my flag in the sand. I want to see the babyface challengers he's going to face because I want him to turn heel because I think just for him, it's it's the same thing. Like we talk about with a ton of people with Orton. We've mentioned it with Sasha today. We've said it with Charlotte. It's like they're all just better as heels. Like they can pull off the babyface because they're popular, but they make their money as heels. Yeah. So get us to that point. And that's probably what will happen eventually, but we just got to get through this first. Yeah, this is just muck for me. I just, I, I just don't. Nestle really Quick Eats. Yeah, I've had those in a while. I know we can go real quickly on SmackDown because there's not a lot. Although Otis did turn heel, kind of, sort of on Dom and Mysterio, so I was. Okay I, my with my that. notes say Gable and a Totus. Uh, Gable and a Totus. Gable and Otis turned heel on the Mysterios. I think question mark. Yeah, exactly. It was it's, odd, but it's character development. I mean, he's doing something, right? He's just the angry yeah, big guy. So hey, you there know you what? Go. It's better than what he was doing, I guess. Here's here's yep. the faux pas, right? After all of this, we could have just had Tucker and him stay together and be heels. Like it's just yeah, but know, I think it's this the kind regression. of works because Gable is kind of like he's kind of like a puppet master of Otis because we've always we've seen like with everything like Otis is someone who is, can be taken advantage of and well, honestly that's what we all thought Mandy was going to do to him but she didn't. So having Gable come in and he's been kind of teasing this kind of character flip for a while. It is more fascinating to me to have him be the puppet master behind it. So, because eventually Otis, it'll probably snap and he'll get rid of him. But it's at least it's it's a nice like F, E or Fless storyline on SmackDown where it's like that's what separates SmackDown from Raw. Yep, sure. Riot Squad, Jobber Alert. Uh, they lost to Tamina and uh, Natty because it's a thing. Woof. Billy Kay doing whatever Billy Kay does, and that you know she Woof. does a great job, but it was whatever. It was uh, moving week. over to Raw, Bad Bunny. Is uh so here's here's my biggest. It's not really a quickie, but this is something I, I want to talk about very specifically. Bad Bunny has a bodyguard in Punishment Martinez. So that championship that should be gone, existed no more, is on this guy's you know shoulder, or whatever. But it's just like you said last week. Punishment Martinez did the KO thing, or that title didn't mean anything. Can you to call him by his real name, WrestleMania. I mean, I can look it up, but I'm sure it's not Damien Damian. Priest. That's not his government name, JC. But that's his name on TV. Stop confusing the viewers. Damien Priest. There you go. Because not everyone might know who Punishment Martinez was. That was his old name. Damien. That's like me coming on here and being like Tyler Black. And people were like, who? He was also known as God. Did you know that? Yeah. He's currently known as God. He's also cur- currently playing the role of God, Seth Rollins. Yes. Uh, Rollins. Uh, no, so look. It was almost as bad as my uh, T-bad Twitter. <laughs> that was so funny. You know I literally laughed. You know what's funny is that you misspelled you misspelled best and it said beat too so i laughed at that as well Did it? yeah, yeah. I, that, that always happens to me because i think the a and the s are right next to each other so that's a fat finger that happens all the time no, i know so it's just like uh, I, i'm all over the bad bunny stuff i just don't care i know bad bunny versus pediment bad bunny and damian priest versus jomo and the miz is gonna happen and it's whatever but i here's here's my logic on but bad bunny if he really does love the business be the first celebrity to lose a singles match or a match. That's not re- his decision. No, no I you know. know that. I know, but he can go to bat and be like, look, I can always win another match somewhere yeah, else. He could. Maybe he is saying that and to be like, no, that's not happening. But, no, you know, I'm not I letting would... this, this guy with whatever. It's like you're here to get a different audience interested in our product like you're winning. No, I understand that. But I would yeah. love I would love for someone to come along that's a celebrity to really lose because I think that it would I know why we never lose when celebrities are in there like I get that you have to bring them in and make them look better than when they came in. I understand that. But 
I don't know, like, I just, the if there ever is a celebrity that loses, like, physically loses a match, not a battle royal, I will be super impressed. I will, I don't care who it is. I could be the, it could be anybody that I hate. Could be Bad Bunny for all I care. But man, if a celebrity ever loses a WrestleMania match from any reason, I would pop hard because I think that was, it would say volumes about the person and say volumes about the situation. Again, it, I don't think it would ever be their call. No, I, I understand that. I understand that. Yeah. But. So even if they wanted to, we would never know because it wouldn't happen. So you're just, you're just looking for more reasons to pile on this poor guy. Well, I don't like it either, but it's one of those things where it's like, this is like the bottom of the card. I'm not going to lose sleep over it. It's one of those things. It's like Raw has a lot of shit. Just add it to the pile. I don't need to put it on top of the pile. When Bad Bunny pins the, uh, everybody's freaking out about Bad Bunny feuding with The Miz, and I was just like, calm down. He's not going to The Dude, Miz. I mean, he's... hey, look, at The Miz's first run, we had a real feud against Jerry Lawler. Yeah. So I don't, this would be, at least Bad Bunny's an in-shape in young person, not fucking old man Jerry the King Lawler, who was old back then. So Are you telling me when he that. takes off that one strap to expose his powerful nipple to get his hands real hard for his punch, you don't get excited? There's nothing about the cane that has ever excited me, except for when I first started wrestling, I enjoyed his commentary, but then I realized how redundant it was, and that was it. All right. Speaking yeah. of redundant, we had a tag match with Charlotte and Asuka against Shania Payne that, as you said, in my opinion, was a rerun. We had a couple of reruns. New Day and that Retribution, again, back three weeks ago was a thing that happened, and they got upset. Jobber alert. It was close to a jobber alert. No, it was a jobber alert. Uh, it was a jobber alert. That was alert. the fastest one of the night, actually. It was. Uh, Ali got very upset uh, with them, and uh, I just... It just, these things really make me mad and it makes me go, why does anybody, why does anybody, no, but here's, here's, here's what I like. And I know everybody's going to say three, you know, you try doing three hours every, I wouldn't do three hours of anything ever in my life, but you got to look at it this way. Like, do you really think it's a good idea to not only like unpause and then pause and then unpause something, but also get to a point where we're literally seeing the exact same thing. Well, this is it. This is how you would, people ask you that question. This is what you say. Instead of having these same things happen every week, so what do we have? We had this was a quick match. I believe the the sexy muscle friends had a quick match. Like yes. there was a bunch of these. Instead of having three short matches, these people like I understand three hours. You want to get them on TV. There's other ways than just throwing matches. Have the new day in retribution wrestle in the time you had those three things. Have them take all that time this week. Then next week. Maybe New Day and Retribution don't have a match. You use one of those other job alert just have a longer match. That's what I think separates, like, even though, like, when NXT and AEW, if they do do redundant stuff, it's like, they're always given time because they've, like, we don't have to have every single person wrestle every single week. Like, your, your people might be, each person might not be wrestling every, like, three weeks. And I think the main roster needs to take more of that formula being like, instead of having three really quick things that mean nothing, have one longer thing that means more and let these talent actually show off what they can do in like, I don't know, a 10 to 12 minute scenario as opposed to two to three. Because uh, another thing, I mean, like even like we even had Ricochet Styles jammed in, which was short. Seamus Hardy, I think, got time. But it's like, just give me more meaningful lawn matches. That's how you fill the time. That's the whole point of it. That's what will make Raw better. SmackDown does a better job with that and they have one less hour. Yeah, look, the only thing I was going to add very quickly was that, you know, Sheamus and Hardy, as you said right out of mouth, was just like, they got the time. That was it. Like, that doesn't make any sense to me. It's not worth my time. We've seen it before. That's a rerun, too. It was a rerun feud. You know, It and, didn't mean anything. That was the problem. Yeah. That's the other thing, too. It's like, like, why are they fighting? Because of the leftover guys from the chamber who don't have a story. But on the flip side of that, I know, I know we're, we're, I don't want to bring certain up, but there are certain matches on Raw that were like, yeah, we've seen this before, but it's okay. They're, you know, there's just like... 
there's just this weird and I know not everybody can fight for a reason or not everybody can fight for something that like means yeah, something. Yeah, sometimes you just have matches, yeah. but it's like that's what that's the difference. Again, I bring up the Wednesday shows. If AEW is going to have a pointless singles match, they're telling you about it a week to five to four days in advance. So it's like you see like the poster being like, oh, that's interesting. And like, and like SmackDown does that a lot of times too. Like, oh, this singles match, which might not mean, is going to be booked for next week. Like NXT will do it for the most part too, even though it's harder to find those things because they don't. They had ads on Raw, which was helpful this week. Sure. So we'll talk about it quickly in the finish. But it's just on Raw. It's just like you can tell the script has been ripped up forty times and it's rewritten twenty minutes before the show. Yeah, and that's bad. Yeah, it's just tough. I mean, I, I wouldn't want to be in their situation because I feel like SmackDown and NXT do a lot better than Raw, and it's just it shows night and day, head and shoulders every single time. So I just can't for the life of me sit through it anymore. I just I'm glad I can 32x. I mean, that's really yep. what it comes down to. Three hours is whittled down to an hour and a half at this point. So let's just move if on. That. You want to get hopeful? Let's do it. Would you like to start considering you said you had to do it? Yes. Uh, so I've been thinking about this Lashley Miss thing. And I've just like, how do we I've, – I've really been thinking about it. And as much as I would love for the Miz to be champion forever because I love him, it's just he's clearly – it's a transition. And I'm fine with it being transition. I don't think – I don't think it says anything negative about him that it'd be a transition. It's just it's he's filling a role that I think they desperately needed and it works and it helps continue to get us to the next level and get someone else who I do want to have a long reign. So the idea is that Lashley and McIntyre could be the match of Mania and I think that would be fine. And a lot of people would just be like, oh, well, Lashley will win it and then he'll lose it to McIntyre at Mania. That's not what I want in WrestleMania. Because when I've been watching Bobby Lashley's body of work and how much better he got immediately with MVP and how much he's just every single week that I walk him, week, week, I can't, I'm talking like Braun now, every single week that I watch him, it's getting better and better in terms of his character and his dominance. And you can see it's like, this is a guy you can have carry a show because he can give you those short promos where he's not going to do them a lot, but they're going to mean something like when Brock speaks because he has his Paul Heyman and MVP. And he has his backing and the other two members of the Hurt Business, if you need that as well. It's just like he can be the focal point of a show. So, yes, I want him to win the championship. It could be at Fastlane against Miz if they want to make that a triple threat or whatever or however they want to do it, whatever. But then at WrestleMania, I want him to retain against Drew McIntyre in a dominant showing, being like, okay, Mac, you've held this for a year, but it's time for Bobby to take that mantle. And you know why I want that to happen? Because, yes, I want a dominant reign because I think Reigns is going to drop his title, so I think you're flipping. We'll have baby face on SmackDown and now the dominant he will be on Raw. It'll be a flip of the two shows, which I think they correlate that stuff a lot. But then it got me thinking. I was like, okay, so Lashley will have a few months, but then we'll get to SummerSlam, WrestleMania. And how many times have I hoped for this? But now it's one of those things like, how awesome would it be to have a Bobby Lashley at the best he's ever been as WWE champion to finally get his match with the beast, Barack Lesnar at SummerSlam as the challenger. He can lose. I think that if you're, you're going to have this version of Bobby lose to someone, it can be Brock Lesnar. I'm not going to be mad, mm-hmm. especially if his reign does go however many months that is. So that's my hope because I think this finally I can see this envisioned. I think by then the world will change a little bit and Brock will be more willing to come back. I think this is someone who will want to work with, especially with seeing how much he's improved. You get the Heyman MVP on the mic. I think this is magic in the making. So that's my hope. Hashtag JC knows. Hashtag JC's hopes come true. So we're going to use the same kind of scenario that you just pointed out to me, but my hope's a little bit different. I mean, I think the end goal is to get the Mac to win the championship. 
at a certain particular point at at Mania. I think that that they want him to have that moment in front of the crowd because he deserves it because he didn't get it last year, and that's a whole thing. And he he worked his ass off all year round, so I think that's where we're headed. However, I want to go a different route. I think that because there are two nights of WrestleMania, I would love for them to take a certain New Japan route where instead of just, you know, you do one main event here, you do one main event here, this is what you do. Night one, you have Mac versus Lashley. And you're like, this is awesome. You know, Mac finally wins, crowd pops. Oh my God, this is wonderful, right? He's celebrating. It's the end of the show. Here's a fucking curveball. Brock Lesnar comes out and says, yeah, bitch, I'm back. And you know what? Tomorrow night in night two, you got to defend that shit against me because I'm fucking ready for you. Now, you don't have to make that the main event, but it's a nice little curveball to make Mac not only defend and have to really beat Bobby, but now he has to really beat Brock again to make sure it's not a fluke. And I think that's what you put the real stamp on because Brock putting people over in front of a crowd is a lot different than Brock doing five minutes in front of a fucking studio audience. So for me, I think that if they took that route, because again, You've got the two knights there. You've got the you've got the ability to do something you normally don't do. It's like not only is there part A, there's a part B. They kind of did that last year with the Big Show thing on Raw, well. was, but that was awful. It was fucking terrible. It was a drizzling shits. So I forgot they did that to you. To yeah. you literally but, just said two times in the week. I was like, oh no, they did that. Yeah, but this so is badly. different. Where it's like now you got to watch night two. We talk. I'm like, obviously we're gonna find reasons to watch night two no matter what. But I think it would be really cool for them just for for not only to just put the rubber stamp on on everything, but just I think Drew doing that is just like, he's already going to beat Bobby. You might as well let him beat Brock. Hell, I don't even care if, like, when Brock comes down, there's that stare with Bobby. So you get that money moment, and then something else happens later on. Like, I don't care how you do it. Draw it up. But having two nights, to me, would make Drew just like, there it is, folks. Like, let's just serve him up. There he is. So that's my hope. Hashtag Nestle's hopes come true. Hashtag Nestle knows. Hashtag, I'm sorry it's not Cena versus Mac, because I think that would be cool. Hashtag, Nestle has a nose. Hashtag, mine was better. Hashtag, don't call it a comeback. Pew, 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 pew. I'm getting mine to Ricochet this week. As you guys know, he's one of my favorite flippy-dippy doo-doos. He does it better than anyone else. Flippy-dippy um, He was apparently on the Elimination pre-show match, which I didn't watch. But on Raw, the reason why he gets my comeback is because I saw that. I'm looking at the clock. And I'm like, there's not a lot of time left. Okay, we're probably getting Lashley Braun. But then I'm like, wait, there's 25 minutes. There's no way they're going for it. So then obviously AJ comes out. I'm like, what are they having him do? And then we got the pew, pew, pew. And I was like, man, this is going to be short. But like, I'm not fast forwarding this because these two have made so much magic in the ring the last couple of years. And they're just, they're two of the best, I think, in there between the ropes. You put them together. It's a lot of fun. Um, I was, this is something, again, when we talk about Raw having too many, like, Give this like 20 minutes and have everything else take a week off. You know what I mean? Because this is just this. This is something where I just kick back, pull my popcorn, and I'm watching. So right. that's why I guess my comeback styles got the wind. But I love when these two get together in the ring. Yeah, look, I was excited for it too. I think almost doing the choke bomb, almost killing Ricochet. Yes, so that was cool. Uh, not safe. Not not any way safe. But uh, <laughs> poor Ricochet. But hey, yeah, you know what? loves taking bumps like that. Yeah, he loves having his head just reverberate him, off the him mat. Him and Ziggler like taking the bumps more than anyone else. Yeah, and safe Sasha, bumps. The three maybe. of them. Yeah. Safe bumps, maybe, but I don't know. My comeback this week goes to Apollo because I was so excited to see that uh, he not only did they not only did he take the stairs to Nakamura, he took the stairs to Big E and did the stretcher job gimmick. Like I just thought that was great. I, did, I mean, obviously he threw the stairs. Clearly, Big E was either out of the way or under the ring, which again. Whatever, it's not the best way to draw it up, but it works in front of a no crowd. Is what it is. But 
Uh, they added the drama to it. It gave them a little bit of flavor to it. I I'm okay with it. And I thought that, again, in a week where you're just like, how many friggin' times are they going to drag this guy out? But again, I was pleasantly surprised. So, the Apollo, you get my comeback this week because, again, uh, as you said, it has no business being entertaining. It just is. I don't know how they it do is. it. It is. It was good. They don't, I don't know how they do it in the CDEF feuds, but they do a good job on SmackDown being like, here's a little nugget, and it works. And it, you know what? It's it's potpourri, but it works. Yeah, I'm invested. It's one of those things. You have a long show, so I want everything to be good. This is good. So, uh, Nestlemania, we're going to hit on those Wednesday shows, but I'm just saying give us five stars and five flames along the way on wherever you're listening. Jobberknocker.com is our website. We have all the coverage on all the shows you need, so you have to hit that. tpublic.com slash Jobberknocker. Check out the merch. Twitter, everything's listed in the description. Check out those names. Give everyone a follow. Facebook, Instagram, we're everywhere. Uh, but quickly, on AEW, um, first off, I have to say that my heart is broken because Anna Jay injured, I believe it was her shoulder, and it sounds like it could be a full year before we see her again. I'm sure you won't care because in the wrestling it doesn't matter, and I'm sure you're going to follow her on Instagram, JC. So really, you have no to because as someone she's she's someone who is so new in her career. I was excited to see her development, and it sucks that she's hitting this uh, roadblock. But it's one of those things where it's part of the business, and it, I'm just saying that it sucks, and I'm sad about it. So well, you don't have to be such a little baby and dick about it. I'm not a baby and a dick. I'm just. I meant to say just a dick about it, but I said baby me, because you were gonna call me a baby dick. That's what you really baby dick. Me. Yeah. Speaking of baby dicks, not really, but well, uh, they're having a ladder match at their whatever thing, and uh, there's a qualified match on Dynamite is the only match when I look that I think we should care about. Uh, Ray Phoenix is taking on Lance Archer. That means one of these guys isn't gonna be in their ladder match. I think Archer's gonna win, but man, Phoenix and ladder matches is always good. I think you need a car. Here's the thing that I just can't. Maybe somebody, maybe I'll have to have Joe Stopper or anybody else that watches AEW explain this to me. But the face of Revolution going up and winning against the face of uh, TNT or whatever, I don't understand what the face of Revolution even means. Like it just doesn't. It, it to me, it's lost on I me. Mean, just say, hey, it's an opportunity at the TNT Championship. That's all you got to say. But having the face of Revolution doesn't make any goddamn sense. And I don't know. I feel like this is such a disconnect for me because I feel like. And this is the problem that people have. They don't have a good job when they try to go, okay. And I'm not I'm not picking on Cody just because he's he's in the match, but I'm picking on just in general. I know you, you rolled your eyes. Picking on Cody. No, 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 no. But like who else is in the match? Realistically. There's three people already. It's Co Cody, Scorpio, Sky, and someone else has an automatic entry for whatever reason. Okay. But here's, three of them, though. but here's the thing. When you say face of revolution, right, it doesn't make any goddamn sense. So here's the thing. He's probably sitting there going, oh, it makes perfect sense. This, this, and this, and this. But if the whole crowd, including myself, have no fucking clue what it is, then you've done the, the wrong job. You haven't done a good enough job. See, I didn't, even, I didn't even know that's what they were calling it. Yeah. So I was just saw, I just saw a ladder match and saw you get this if you win, and I got excited. Yeah. So no, I, again, you just you're, you're mad about the name. No, I just think, I think it's, are always it's erroneous. It's erroneous. Like. It's erroneous. Exactly. It's erroneous. Made up. Who Stupid. Who cares? Archer Phoenix. No, it's gonna be. Uh, mean, who cares? I'm kidding. I would. I would. I'm gonna say Phoenix because I just want Phoenix to be in there. Oh, Penta. I think Penta's the Penta's other guy already qualified. There, yeah. so it's probably so, Archer, well, uh, but it's probably Archer. But I really like Phoenix. So. Yeah, I want Phoenix to win, but I like. I like. I agree with you. I think it's Archer. NXT. They do have finally Karrion Cross and uh, Santos Exafar, the heel versus heel match um, that was supposed to happen last week and got delayed. I am curious to see this because it's such an, a weird thing where you actually have the cruiserweight champion fighting someone not in the cruiserweight division. Heel versus heel. It's something like NXT, I feel like, does do this stuff from time to time. And that's why I think it has my attention because it's so different. I don't know how this is going to be. But if there's anyone who can kind of get the sour taste, the bad cross matches lately out of my mouth, it might be this guy. 
Yeah, I... I don't know if I can take this... I mean, I can take it seriously, but I don't necessarily take it as a real threat. Like, I just... I don't see Escobar as a real threat to Cross, so I just see he's going to eat him up in five but minutes. But do you think this will help him? Because I think we've agreed, like, the presentation is nails for Cross. But in the ring since his injury, I think he has really struggled, and I think that's why they dialed it back. So I think putting him in with a guy like this who... And in between the ropes is one of the better ones they have. Um, I think it's something where it's like, I think this is all to give Cross some rub. So that's why I think it's exciting because I, like, I think we're going to see a different side of carrying Cross we haven't seen, if that makes sense. I think we're probably six months away from him getting his stuff back. I think his confidence is completely shattered, especially after being the NXT champion for like a second. Yeah, and then, no, I agree. So I think that when I watch him, it's like, it's not worth my time right this instant when he comes wow. back. I don't, I think they, I think honestly, he's all, he's all sizzle, no steak at this point. I think that his, yeah, he has been, he's all but sizzle, if you no think steak. This is, this is what maybe, this is that little extra juice you put on the steak for some flavor that can start to get you where it's like you're salivating and you want that marinade. Did, uh, yeah, sure. I, I, I listen. Did you, you mean to make more steak puns? No, I, I think we've had plenty of steak on this program. So, all right. Well, the steak of NXT then we'll move on because Adam Cole is breaking his silence this week. I am excited to see this because obviously this is one of the bigger reveals we've had in NXT in a long time. So, what are your expectations for Adam Cole, baby? I think that they're going to probably harp on the the whole undisputed errors a certain way. There's no in or outsiders coming in, you know, kind of thing. Like Finn isn't part of this, and then you know Kyle O'Reilly was giving opportunities. I sat back and I was the champion for X amount of days and all that stuff. And you know, Bobby never spoke up. Roddy never spoke up. Me and Roddy are a team. We shouldn't have to be a team. I'm better than everybody else. Like I think he said what you said last week. He's taken a backseat to a lot of things in that he shouldn't have to because he's the best in NXT. So I, I foresee it being like, you know, Kyle's really the only threat of Undisputed Era to him to kind of speak up. So I think that that's where we're headed is just like everybody else fell in line, Kyle, except you. And now I'm tired of dealing with your stuff because it's not it's not the show for you. It's, it's my show. So I think that that's hopefully where we go. And I think Kyle O'Reilly versus Adam Cole, to me, makes a hell of a lot of sense. I will also be very surprised if they have a Pat Mac, not right on Wednesday, but I think that Pat McAfee down the line with the heel Adam Cole, like together, I think is very interesting to me because them together on the same side, they already have magic against each other. But I think when you just have magic, you have magic for magic's sake. I think Pat McAfee together with Adam Cole will be something for a sight to see. That's something that I didn't think about. And that would be cool. I like that. Yeah, I'm pretty good at what I do, so, you know, it is what it is. That's very debatable, but this was a good idea, a rare good idea for me. You got any other good ideas before we uh, get out of here and get back on the road to Rumble? That's Larry. Life in the fast lane. No, I'm good. Thank you very much. I I started with my rare steak idea, and I'm done. Thank you. All right, quickly before we go then, WrestleMania, do we have a new WWE champion next Monday, yes or no? No, absolutely not. I agree. No, we're waiting. We're, we're, we're going to make you like wait. It. We're going to make you wait. I like it. All right, well, so. that's all I got. I think that's pretty much all we need to get through. I think we, we kind of get through everything we need to. So uh, we'll be back next week, folks, with some more Jobber Knockery. Jobber Knockery.